Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, today, family, I, I want to start our time and, and we're going to this this today is going to serve somewhat as an intro uh, to our new series. And our new series is called Choose Joy. Say choose joy with me. Choose joy. Choose joy. Well, we're going to be walking through the book of Philippians. I love Philippians. We're going to walk through it slowly over the next seven weeks. And I, I want to encourage you, don't just listen to the sermons or the podcast or the video. I want you to open up your Bible and read Philippians on a daily, day-to-day basis with us. In your quiet times, pray through and allow God to just speak through his word to you. So I want to walk through this with you in a sermon, but I also want us to walk together as we read the word together. You good with that? All right, for seven weeks, we're going to be in the book of Philippians. So go ahead and flip there. And while you're flipping, let me tell you a little bit of why we came to, came to this name of Choose Joy. And right before the summer began, we ended a series called, y'all remember? The struggle is real, but dot, dot, dot. And in that struggle is real series, what we did is that we, we recognized the different struggles that we're, we're going through and, and not only noticed them, but we tried to figure out how do we work through those struggles? Because we all got struggles. We all face struggles. And see, in this series, when we're talking about choosing joy, what we're doing here is that we we don't want to just notice the struggles, but we also want to figure out how do we choose joy in the midst of that struggle? How, How do we choose something bigger and better than what's actually going on around us or that we seemingly can't get out by ourselves? How do we not just notice the struggle and get stuck? But how do we choose joy? In other words, how do we choose God? So that's what we're going to walk through this series in Philippians. So if you haven't got a Bible open, flip with me to Philippians chapter one. We're going to walk through the first 11 verses today as we enter into this series. Philippians chapter one. If you got it, go ahead and write got it in the chat. Let me know that you're with me. I hear you. Philippians chapter one, verses one through 11. I know we're not in person, but y'all go ahead and amen me in that chat. Okay, it helps me. I promise. I I hear you in my spirit. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Hear now the reading of God's word. It reads, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I want you to remember this, he says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, Because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. The very words of God. Amen. Today, I want to simply preach on again, choose joy, choose joy. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your goodness. God, I just ask that just one prayer that you'd hide me behind the cross so that you may increase. Let me decrease for your sake and for your glory. Let my words not be my own, God, but let it be you speaking. And let your word fall afresh in your people. In Christ's name, we all say together, amen. 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 Well, the book of Philippians, family, as I said before, it's one of my favorite books. I love the book of Philippians. When I'm going through tough times, this is the book I always flip back to. I love reading this book. Uh, this is a book that's full of encouragement written by Paul, where he's encouraging Christians to live as one that's worthy of being called a Christian. He basically is saying throughout the whole book that despite what's going on around you, despite your circumstances or what may be happening to you, live according to your heavenly calling. So he says, don't let your identity get wrapped up in this thing or, or that person or what's going on over here. But, 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 but instead, looking at that, look to Jesus. That's what he's essentially saying in this book. Now, what most people don't realize when they're reading the book of Philippians is that Paul, my man, is sitting in a jail cell right now as he's writing this letter, which makes his words of encouragement, his words of contentment as he speaks about it that much more significant throughout the letter. The church of Philippi was a very significant church to Paul, and, and that's not because he didn't care about the other churches or anything, but this was the first church that Paul planted in Europe. And according to Acts chapter 16, while he's in Philippi, him and, Paul, him and Silas are walking through. They come across this woman by the name of Lydia. She's the seller of purple goods or the royal garb, if you may, back then. And she becomes the first convert. But not only a convert, she's a very prominent woman of the faith that is, that is huge in the establishment of the Philippian church. Philippi was the place where on that same journey after Paul and Silas would come in contact with Lydia, they'd be walking down the road. And you got to picture it as they're walking down the road. People are starting to follow them. People are, are believing in Jesus. So as they're following them, it, 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 there's all types of people that I love this part in, in Acts chapter 60. It kind of made me laugh a little bit. If you read the Bible and you actually have a sense of humor. There's this part where this demon possessed girl who's fortune telling people's fortunes. She keeps following Paul and Silas. And and essentially, Paul gets mad and he's like, girl, chill out. But he doesn't say that. He pulls the demon out of her in the name of Jesus, like in the name of Jesus, get out of her. And she falls and she worships God. Could y'all imagine that happening? Paul just getting fed up like, chill, man, quit following me. And then just pulling the demon out of her. He does that. She falls down and she follows Jesus. But because of that, the people get upset. They run and they tell the magistrates, Paul is pulling out demons. They're doing this. People are coming to follow in Jesus. And, and, and what they do is they find Paul and Silas, Silas and they beat them. They beat them. They put them in shackles on their arms and their legs. And they put them in cells. 
And instead of Paul and Silas getting upset and what's happening with them and starting looking at their situation, what happens is in the nighttime, they start praying. They start singing worship songs. All my worshipers, y'all will love this part because as they're singing and they're praying to God, there's this huge earthquake that comes that, that makes the earth shake and things start shaking around. And all of a sudden, the shackles come off of their arms and the shackle comes off of their ankles. And then the jail cell opens wide open and the prisoners are Come on now. Who, who, who in here doesn't believe that worship and prayer works? Look at what God's doing here in the text. They go free because of the earthquake and they're praising and worship. Somebody better. Amen. Jesus up in here. Prayer works. But wait, it gets better. It gets better because the jailer wakes up. And he's like, where did my prisoners go? He's upset because he knows he's supposed to be guarding them. He takes his sword out and he's about to kill himself because he knows he's deserving of death. He didn't do his job. And in the midst of the darkness, Paul sees him, takes his sword out and he says, stop. The jailer stops. He hears Paul's voice. He drops to his knees and he says, what must I do to be saved? Isn't God good? The jailer hears Paul's voice and asks, what must I do to be saved? Paul says, all you have to do is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He believes in Jesus. That same day he's baptized. They hold a feast in his house and revival breaks out in his house all because Paul and Silas were faithful in the midst of craziness. Somebody just missed that. See, family, this is the beginning of the Philippian church. And what I don't want you to miss, because somebody's missing it, is that the church at Philippi was birthed out of a sincere commitment to God in the midst of persecution, trouble, and imprisonment. Don't miss that. See, what I'm trying to get at is that if Paul and Silas just for one second just started looking around like, man, we're going through some hard situations here. All these things are happening to us. If they just paid attention to their circumstances, they would have missed what God wanted to do in and through them. For his glory. See, I, I could see it now. Paul and Silas looking around and being like, God, why Lydia? I mean, we don't even look up to women right now, God. I mean, they're not prominent right now. Why, why would you want to say Lydia first? But see, if they ask questions about what's going on and they didn't just have the faith to follow God, they would have missed the fact that God can actually use women in the ministry, too. Here's the point. You look all throughout Scripture. God uses women for his glory and the establishment of the church from the beginning to the end. He still uses women as well as men. He can use them in the ministry, too. That's another for another sermon for another day. But somebody needed to hear that. Women have been used too throughout the course of history. See, if Paul and Silas, let me keep going, if they started looking around, looking at all the trials and tribulations, if they looked at the fact that they've been beaten down to a pope and they looked at the shackles on their arms and they looked at the shackles on their legs and then they started looking at the jail cell, the bars, like, how are we going to get out of here? They would have missed the fact that God, in the midst of their worshiping, in the midst of their praying, that God can free them. Some of y'all missing this. They would have missed what God wanted to do in and through them. See, when they started worshiping and praying, despite their circumstance, God freed them. But not only did he free them, he used them for his glory. And he used them to share the faith with a Gentile guard, a man that was not Jewish. 
that would get to know Jesus. And not only him, but he shared with his whole family and his whole family gets saved because they didn't just look at their situation family. See, because if they were looking at that, they would have missed what God wanted to do in and through them. Friends, hear me. I've been saying this week in and week out before the summer began. I know the struggle is real right now, but God is greater. Friends, don't miss this. Let's not miss what God is doing right now. I mean, I know COVID and and having to be at home and your normal being messed up, being turned upside down, it's tough. But hear me, God, God's still near. He, he hasn't stopped working. He has not left you nor forsaken you. And hear me, this too shall pass. But I know, I know, I know the question is, well, well, Pastor D, what, what do we do in the midst of everything? How, how do we keep going? How, how do we keep being persistent? How do we keep enduring? Because if you turn on the news, you look at social media, any time of the day, the battle with COVID is not going anywhere right now. It's going to be here for a little bit. And family, hear me, the answer to how we keep going, the answer is, it's not just have faith. It's not just believe. I know people want to say that the real spiritual ones, we want just have faith and believe. Yeah, that's part of it. But that's not it. And James tells us faith without works is dead. So hear me, in order for us to keep going, in order for us to endure and be persistent, is we have to choose joy. And in order to choose joy, when I say choose, that takes intentionality. That takes some type of effort. We have to choose God. Now, the reason I say choose, put some effort into it, is because there's many things that grab our attention. There are many things in society that are running rampant through our heads because news is popping up on our cell phones and our, our news feeds. And see, all these things happen that take our attention off of God and they get our attention instead of him, especially in hard times. Social media, our friends, alcohol, sex, porn, Netflix, whatever that vice is for you. What, what is the thing that you run to? What's that temptation that just rises up in your spirit in the midst of trouble or when things are hard? What's the place that you run to for happiness? What's that place you go to? What's that escape or that brain break, as I like to say, that you run to in the midst of things getting hard? And I get it. This has been a tough season for me, too. I promise I probably watch more Netflix shows than I have in my whole life. That little ticker, the five, four, three, two, one. Y'all gets me every time. I'm like, okay, the show just ended, but it was good. So let me, I need to go to bed. Before I know it, the show is on. And I'm just like, oh, well, I'll be sleepy in the morning. I'm going to watch this show. Don't act like you've been there with me. Yeah, I, I, I've been there quite a bit. And, and hear me, don't, don't, don't hear me saying that, that these escapes, friends, and things that we do are all bad. Sometimes you can do these things and they actually enhance or stir your affection for Jesus. But the question we have to ask ourselves, are are these places that we're running to or these people replacing our devotion to God? Are they replacing our reading of his word? Are they replacing our prayer time? Are they replacing our fellowship with other people? See, the common misconception of the Christian faith is that it's not fun. It's full of trials. 
is full of tribulations. And sometimes that's true. But I think that, and I believe this, that many times we miss the joy of the Christian walk. Because instead of, when those, when those situations arise, instead of relying on God, we've chosen to rely on something or someone else. And we miss the joy of walking with him through those times. So hear me, when I say choose joy, let me lean in. When I say this, I'm really telling you to choose God. Be intentional. Choose God. Trust him. As Paul says in verse 6, remember I told you to remember that. He says this, look at it with me. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Family, God is not done with us yet. He's not done. It's not time to pack up our bags. And now God's not done. He's still got work for us to do. Hear me, choose joy. Choose joy because when we choose to meditate on the goodness of God in the midst of our trials, what happens is we start to see his handprints all over our lives, him keeping us in the midst of this struggle. We start to see his footprints as he's walking through that so-called quicksand, carrying us in his arms. We start to remember what he kept us from, what he protected us from, and guess what? We get to see where he's taking us also. Friends, hear me. Choose joy. In essence, let's choose God. Amen. Family, as we move on in this sermon, I, I want to make this a bit more practical. So to enter this seven-week series today, I got my boy Steve Coble with me. Um, this is my guy. He's, he, he's no stranger to renewal. You guys know him. Uh, he's a park, pastor at Park Church. He's been there for about five or so years, and um, the brother can flat out preach, as you guys know. You've heard him teach here just last month. And I've known him since I was 12. So we go way back like a Cadillac on full flat sitting on bricks. Forgot the spare in the back. Some of y'all with me. Some of y'all have no idea what I just said. We go way back. And, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a very candid conversation about struggle and just suffering and how in the midst of that we choose joy. Because here's the reality. Us pastors, we go through it too. So I'm going to welcome my boy Steve up here as we sit down and we have a conversation together. Come on up with me, brother. What's up, man? What's happening, Reverend? Doc, if we was at Renewal, I would have just told them to give you a hand clap as you came up here. But, you know, I'm going to act like we're at home and it's just me and you. So it's good to be here with you, Reverend. Um, I'm glad you, you jumped in with us today and... I like to do this from time to time at our church and just give them just a snapshot of just a real conversation and the fact that people are really struggling and what's that look like for us and as pastors, allowing them to see in our lives a little bit, knowing that we don't have it all together either too. You know, we're going through it. COVID's here. We, we, we're, we're experiencing that too. So, bro, I appreciate you for jumping in with us and uh, sharing today, man. Absolutely, man. It is uh, uh, always a joy and a delight to be with Renewal Church of Chicago. So. Amen, amen. Well, man, the first thing I want to do is, Doc, I, I want us to, like, if you could help me define joy a little bit for our people. I, I looked up a definition in, in, the, in just a Webster dictionary, and it said this. It said, it said, joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness 
But but I would just I would say it's more than a feeling, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that the way joy is understood in the Bible is a happiness that supersedes or transcends circumstances. Yeah, yeah. So to say it a different way, it's uh, it's happiness that's not dependent on what's happening. That's good. Yeah. And so the the circumstances of life may go up and down, but there's still a happiness that's the foundation of my soul. Mm. So yeah, that's good. It's a different. So it's not dependent on what's happening around us, but it's it's that it's a happiness that w- comes from within, and not to, dependent on circumstances. That's good. So it's bigger than just a feeling, and I, I would agree with that too. So with that, I want to ride into our next question. When you think of suffering, why is that key to the Christian walk? You know, so we're talking about it's not dependent on what's happening around us. Joy isn't, but we suffer a lot. We're in the midst of suffering right now. Why would you say, if you could help us, why would you say that suffering is a key to the Christian walk? One of the reasons why I think that suffering is key to the Christian walk and, and the Apostle Paul, same guy who writes Philippians and Romans, talks about God using uh, suffering for our good. Yeah. Um, cool. And one of, the, one of the cool things about that is that for, uh, for uh, different people who are not a part of the family of God, th- their suffering doesn't necessarily have uh, a good intent on the other side of mm. it or a, uh, it, they can't rest assured that God is working those things out for their good. Um, and yet for those of us who are followers of Jesus, uh, God is working those things out for for our good. And so on one end, when Paul says in Philippians chapter one, which you just read, he who began that good work in you yeah, yeah. Uh, shall bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Part of that work in you um, can only be experienced through suffering. On, and man. so I, I think that for a lot of people, if we were to be honest with ourselves, some of the most instrumental events of our lives or some of the uh, most influential events of our lives or influential experiences of our lives uh, took place when we went through stuff that was hard. Come on. Uh, when we went through when we went through suffering. And that's just a reality of life that there are certain things that prosperity won't teach you. Wow. There there are certain things in life that only difficulty uh, and trial and, and test uh, can teach you. And, um, and one of the things that I think is really incredibly beautiful about the Christian faith compared to other, other faith traditions is that our story is a story of suffering and struggle and trial because we live in a broken world yeah. and we have broken yeah. bodies and uh, broken systems and all of those different things. And yet the beauty of the Christian faith is that our God, our savior actually stepped in to experience wow. all of what we experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's just a reality of, of knowing that there's nothing that I'm going through that my savior hasn't gone through. Mm. And I love what Isaiah says about Jesus pointing forward to what his life experience would be. Uh, it says that he was a man of sorrows, wow. acquainted with grief. Come on, God. And uh, I've just been, you know, the past two years have been incredibly difficult for me. And 
Um, and even as we've been talking, like, yeah, it's difficult every day to choose joy and, mm -hmm. and even how to think through how do I do that on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but one of the just incredible things is that I know my Savior is not somebody who can't identify. Yeah, he, he knows exactly he what knows you're it. going through. That's he it. is a man of sorrow. Come on, Doc. That's yeah. that's that that's that identifies our savior. It's good news, yeah. Um and and he's very very acquainted with uh with grief. And so the ups and downs of our emotions and our emotional health, our mental health, you know, our our financial stability, all of those different things, Jesus uh identifies with us in all of those things. And I, I love what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, this incredible chapter in Romans chapter 8. Um, but he says in verses 13 through 16, uh, or excuse me, verses uh, Romans chapter eight, verses 14 through 16. He says, for, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Mm. Um, and ladies here in the first century uh, hear this meaning that like when they're talking about sons of God, the firstborn sons are the only people who are afforded an inheritance. Right. And so. When Paul uses sons here, he's actually uh, subverting the way that the world saw things. So yeah. now women become firstborn sons. Men are firstborn sons. Everybody gets treated equally. So it's actually a term of equality. <clears throat> That's good. And, uh, and so for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So the God of the universe has become our father and cares intimately about uh, our lives. And verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, meaning that all of what Jesus accomplished wow. becomes our accomplishment. And all of this is predicated on one thing. Verse 17, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified you better with talk him. about it doc that's good suffering is a prerequisite mm. uh, for experiencing the glory of what it means to be united to jesus in all of the future realities of what we're promised in the gospel wow wow and see that it's so significant to hear that and that's the word of god i mean steve didn't just make that up that's that's how the romans that it's not the prosperity or the accolades and the things that we get in our life that we're like, yeah, that's that's what makes me who I am. We're talking about suffering here. And, and Paul actually in the book of Philippians talks about that in, in, in chapter three, verse eight. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. So this is reality. If you know anything about Paul, Paul is my, he's the guy. He's that guy that he's a Roman citizen. He has, he's has all these different citizenships. He's a Pharisee. He's, he's, he's zealous. Like he, he's not just an average guy out here in the street planting churches. He's the highest of the highest out here. And he's like, I count all that loss to know Jesus. So, and then he goes on to say that I, I will suffer to know Christ. And, and, He's not saying I need my accolades or I need the big house or I need this and that's going to make me feel better about myself. That's going to get me through it. He's like, no, I'll count it all joy in the midst of my suffering. And it's this place and you spoke to it that 
that's a place of identity and now identifying with Christ because he identified with our struggles and now we get to identify with this. So within that, there's this space where we actually get to know Jesus a lot more. And I like to think of it like, man, in those, it, 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 if you've ever really suffered, you come to this place where you're like, I can't do this mess no more. Like I have no strength in me anymore to make it. And you either rely on God now or you go down a downward spiral trusting in all this other mess around you that doesn't bring fulfillment. So it's God. And, and the reason you can rely on God is because in that space, he's already won. He's already succeeded. So if I fail, I succeed in him. And so I'm going to continue with that train because I, you mentioned something when you were speaking. You said something like, man, the last couple of years have been a mess. Like I, I've gone through this. I've suffered. And I just want to kind of open up our lives a little bit for yeah. the people here. I mean, you've experienced some good things till you got married. And, yeah. you know, so like praise we, the Lord, praise the Lord, Christ Jesus. Thank you for marriage. And um, I know if you're I, I should have said that because everybody ain't married. But, hey, thank you. That I, God. Yeah, <laughs> I think especially in light of my my circumstances, I do, certainly do thank the Lord for it. Amen, Doc. Amen. Amen. So with all that said, though. I do. I want you to talk a little bit about just kind of your circumstance, and I'm going to share a little bit too. But if you could describe the situation of suffering and and just how, in the midst of that, um, how have you chosen joy? How have you been able to meditate on God and what's He done in your life in the in the midst of suffering? That's a wonderful question. Um, and to be honest with you, it's a struggle um, every day and. Some days I wonder if I have actually done that, mm. you know? And um, so over the past two or so years, there's just been loss after loss in my family. And we had already experienced a tremendous amount of loss yeah. early on in, yeah. in my life. My uh, father passed away when I was four and my, uh, my, my grandmother ended up moving in with our family and she, died of the flu two years later in our house and my mom's brother had already passed away um, and my dad's brother had already passed away wow. and so it was just like man this crazy amount of loss at the beginning of our lives and I really just believed God after I became a Christian um, you and I became Christians in a in close uh, time frame to one another and Derek was actually instrumental in me coming to faith in Jesus some people don't mm -hmm. know that and and so I come to faith in Christ yeah. and I just kind of have this expectation that the future of my life is going to be better than the first season of my life. Wow. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping for is that uh, my mom would get to experience that because she had uh, experienced so much depression and um, and even, you know, alcohol addiction throughout my childhood. She was an incredible mother. Um, you know, so much of how I look at myself and look at yeah. um, how to do right by other people was shaped by her. Mm. And so I had this tremendous amount of hope looking forward for her that in the latter seasons of her life, she could have uh, a, a really sweet, sweet um, uh, last 20, 25 years of her life yeah. and um, my grandfather passed away a couple of years ago to me unexpectedly 
And for me, it was mm. like a realization that like, I didn't have my dad, but my granddad was there for everything. Yeah, man. So it was almost like when I could actually understand it, it felt like my dad died. Yeah. And so, you know, I started feeling like I got, you know, chest pain, like I got like a knife stuck in my chest. And I'm like, man, do I have, you know, high, you know, what is something wrong with my heart? Mm -hmm. You know, things, things like that, that I started to worry about. And I realized after going to counseling and seeing uh, my primary care physician that, no, that's your body's physical reaction to anxiety. Wow. I had just wasn't familiar with anxiety yeah, before because yeah. it just hadn't hit me. Wow. And so over the course of time, like I was dealing with that. Then my uncle uh, unexpected, uh, unexpectedly dies at 60 years old. And wow. then, you know, that's in like July of 19. Uh, and then my mother has uh, a stroke December mm. of 2019. Mm. And so all of, uh, all of, excuse me, uh, the, yeah, my, my uncle died in 18, uh, July of 18. Mom had the stroke in July of, um, or December of 18. And so all of 2019 mm. was just getting her back you know, on her feet, making sure right. she's able to do physical therapy, coordinating right. her doctor's appointments, uh, getting her moved up here to Chicago to be with me, making sure she's taking her medication with uh, insulin and blood pressure pills and uh, going to kidney doctors and going to heart doctors and going to doing therapy and in and out of uh, skilled nursing. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. it was just a lot, man. And then finally, um, we got her home, and three weeks after she got home, she passed away wow. in uh, in in our house. And mm. yeah, it was the most devastating thing that I've I've ever experienced. And um, about four months later, my grandmother passed away. Mm. And so it's just been one thing after another. Yeah. And you know, even when I said earlier, there are certain things that only difficulty can teach you yeah there's there's so much that it's just no longer important to me wow um suffering has crystallized for me what i actually care about that's huge yeah and um and so for me one of the things that i go back to over and over and over again and hear me say that the grief comes in waves and so it it, it there's good days, there's bad days, there's, um, there's don't feel like I want to get out of bed days, um, and then there's days where I feel like, man, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, we just, we just were about to celebrate. My mom would have been 60, July 25th. Wow. And so we did some things to commemorate her, her uh, birthday. And, it, you know, it's going to be difficult for the rest of my life yeah. um, to not have her for so many different milestones. And yet, one of the things that I think about when it comes to choosing joy is that I believe that every human being has this deep-seated desire mm. to belong. Yeah. Um, this deep-seated desire to, um, to have acceptance and approval. And I think that that's why many of us have moved to Chicago and uh, many of us are yeah. high achievers, like yeah. you were talking about. Many of us are killing it at our, our, in our vocations. And, 
And part of what comes with being successful and achieving in life is a sense that, man, I'm justifying my existence. <laughs> like people look to me. That's a part of who I am. Yeah. And um, and really the, the fundamental or the core thing that's happening in your soul is that like, man, that's you longing for approval. Wow. That's you longing for belonging. That, that's you longing for acceptance. And and because all of that is underneath that, the beauty of the gospel storyline, just like you were talking about with Paul and Philippians, is that Paul is the achiever's achiever. Come on, Doc. I've heard some scholars say that that his level of education would be that of like five PhD, earned PhDs. Come on, man. So he's incredibly intelligent. He has gone all over the world. He speaks multiple languages. All of all of those things. He is a startup champion. Come on, Doc. You know, he started church planet, churches church all planet. all over uh, the place from nothing in in the midst of a space when didn't nobody even know what a church was. <laughs> right, right. And and he says just like you read earlier, he says whatever gain I had. In other words, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews of the tribe of Benjamin, a uh, Pharisee of Phar he was trained by the top. Uh, rabbi in that time period mm -hmm. uh, and so he has all of these achievements but he says whatever gain I had I counted as loss for the sake of Christ Philippians 3 and 7 indeed I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for his sake I have suffered the loss mm. of all things and count them as rubbish uh, in order that I may gain Christ. Wow. And here's the crux of where I think that we we find the space of choosing joy. He says, I've counted those things as lost that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Wow. Now, here's this. When Paul says righteousness, here approval, mm. here acceptance, Come on. here belonging. Yeah. And yet this approval, acceptance and belonging that every human has a need for comes from God. Wow. So, and the beauty of it is that it didn't come from anything you were able to achieve, but it was a righteousness, it was an approval, it was a belonging, it was an acceptance that comes strictly on the basis of faith, trust in the gift that he provided, and the gift that he provided is the person and work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Wow. Wow. So, so here, if I find myself in my funky space, the fundamental thing that my soul needs, yeah. approval, belonging, acceptance, has been met. Wow. And so, the fact that those things are real, and we said earlier that joy is a happiness that's not dependent on circumstances, the greatest need that I have has been met. Wow. So just the very fact that I can continually go back to that and find rest from my need to achieve, to prove that I belong, that's satisfying. Wow. That does something for you. So I think that's why when, when Horatio Spafford, the, the great hymn writer who wrote, uh, It Is Well With My Soul, yeah. after his family was, was killed in a, um, in a boat uh, sinking, I think that's what he was getting, yeah. he was getting at. 
The approval, belonging, and acceptance that my soul desires has been met despite my suffering. I'm okay. That's deep. And see that, just in a nutshell, it's to be able to share what you just shared with all of the death and all the things that you've experienced, not only in the last couple of years, but throughout your life. That's a different level of grief and a different level of suffering that some of us may not be able to understand. But to get to a place of that, that depth and that lowness, and I know I've been walking with you, my boy, so to be able to go through that, and some days I couldn't get in touch with you, things that you were going through, and it's, but yet you come out of it to this place of saying, man, I'm okay. You know, the suffering that I went through, there's an identity shift, there's a, a, a place where I've been able to identify with Christ on a much deeper level that although it may look like muck and mire around me, I'm good. I'm actually better than I was. And, and I shared with you earlier, you mentioned it too, but because we do got a lot of achievers in our church and things like that. I mean, COVID-19 for me, it's been tough. You know, it's been a tough space. You know, this the, I, 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 I've been the guy since you, you met me when we were 12 and since I was six years old, you know, not my father not being around, been the one that can fix everything, solve it. Mm. And our, and our, and our, and our church staff, Derek can make it happen. It's just kind of like a, and it's not that I get fuel from that. That's just who I've been all my whole life. But when I sit around and I look at COVID-19, I'm like, I can't solve this. Yeah. There's a, this big elephant in the room, if you want to say, that's looming over everybody's heads. I can't make, I can't help you get your job back. All these different things, I can't. And, and it stifles you because you're like, yo, wait a second. I thought I was good. I thought I was not uh, prideful and all this stuff in my heart. And God's like, no, 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 no. In this moment, you can either choose to rely on me or all these things that you have within you or your gifting or this and that. And what it's taught me, as you alluded to, is that even though I may feel like I know Jesus or I may be at a certain place in my walk, he continually brings me back to this place of continually trusting him over and over again. And the way I learn that and the way I get in tune with that the most is through my suffering. It's through my... Mm -hmm. And, 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 it, and that suffering looks different than yours. That's a, that's a soul tension. That's a heart thing that's going on. Like, God, I don't know why I feel unsatisfied or unfulfilled and I can't do the things that I want to do. And, and you may feel like, and someone may be listening and saying, well, I'm, I'm with you, Pastor D. I don't have all these bad things, but I feel unsatisfied. The reality is, is that we all are, we're all going through something right now. Yeah. There, there is, everybody is going through COVID-19 right now. And whether we choose God or choose joy or choose something else, those are the, the, it's not, it's one or two choices right now. And how do we, in, in the midst of it, if we embrace suffering, as you alluded to, I, there's some goodness that comes out of that. There's a, there's an identification with Christ. And, and Paul, if you kept going in chapter 12 and chapter three, he says, this is what I love because he says, not that I've already obtained it. A man is like, mm. I got all of this stuff. Mm. I'm forgetting it all. I'm pressing on to Jesus. He says, not that I've already obtained this or that I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Uh, Come on, Doc. So knowing Christ and that he's made me his own is where we hang our hats at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's in him. And with that family, I, I you know, I, I, me and Steve can preach all day, but... Um, that's what I want to leave you with. 
the reality that that we're all going through something. The struggle is real right now. We are suffering. And your struggle may look different than mine. It may look different than Steve's. We all have something that's going on within our hearts. But I want to encourage you right now, as he's spoken about, as I've spoken, is to choose joy. Choose God. Intentionally run after him because it's easy to look at this situation or this circumstance and get wrapped up here. It's easy to sit there. It takes a lot of effort and intentionality to break open this world and trust him. But when we do, there's an immense amount of joy that comes because you know that your Savior's already been through all the mess that you've been through. He's already won the battle, which means that if you fail, you still succeed. If you succeed, he's already succeeded. So it's all because of him where we are. So that's nothing that, that nobody can steal that away from you. So that's a joy that's unshakable. So right now in this season, I want to encourage you and with myself and Steve to say, let's choose God and choose joy together. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve, man, for your words, brother. It's a pleasure. It's a it's a wrestling every day and it's uh, it's it's not always easy, uh, but it's worth it. Definitely. Doc, can you pray for us? Father God, I am imagining there are people who are struggling today and maybe even they've, they've heard what I've shared and they said, man, I'm just going through COVID. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't experienced family loss and maybe they feel uh, a portion of shame because uh, what they're going through is not uh, what I've gone through. And, and yet the reality is in a broken world, we're all going through something. Um, in the midst of this pandemic, it has created anxiety, it has created fear, it has stirred up um, just all types of, of different things that we weren't thinking about and uh, things that we missed, community and friendship and uh, just being around other people, doing things that we were created to do and be. Mm -hmm. And so, Father, I, I pray for that person right now, uh, wherever they're at, God, would you... Uh, by your spirit, as Derek was talking about, uh, remind them that they have been connected to Jesus by faith. Yes, Lord. Um, that his achievement has now become uh, their achievement and the approval and belonging and acceptance that God the Father says over his son, this is my beloved son upon whom my favor rests. That's what you say over us in Christ. Yes. Uh, we are your beloved children upon whom your favor rests, not because of our achievement, not because of our failures, strictly based on faith yes. in the person and work of Jesus, who is our gift of grace. Yes. And so, Father, would you, as Paul uh, so often prays in the New Testament, would you uh, open the eyes of our hearts that we might behold all of what it means to be his. Yes. Um, and God, would that be our security? Would that be our anchor? Would that be the rock that we stand on when the wind and the, uh, the storms come um, that we'll still be standing because we built our lives on Christ uh, who is the solid rock. Uh, Father, would you bless us today? It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.
Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.